following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, I'm ready. And uh, as I was sharing with you, I was I had a trivia event, uh, a little get together yes. at our church yesterday. And uh, I thought, well, how's this going to go? I've got, you know, it's, it's everything's on the line now and a room full yeah. of uh, probably 30 people there. And uh, I walked away with the prize for a Christmas trivia contest. You were the victor. <laughs> so yes. let's see how that, see if my <laughs> lucky streak continues. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, and it'll be dastardly if it doesn't. Yes. But meanwhile, well, we'll start with this. Who called the reindeer by their names, actual names, in The Night Before Christmas? Are you asking the author of the Twas the Night Before Christmas? Not the author, oh, okay. but who Santa. in The Night... Oh, yes, it was Santa Claus. See? You're on a, you're, you've started a great streak, you a streak started, of one. That was a softball yeah. question. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Well, uh, what is the first thing usually hung... On a on a Christmas tree, mm. <laughs> and it's often forgotten at my house. And we think, oh no, we forgot to put the lights on. I think it's the lights that should be well, first. I, I think the lights. I think that's real smart because uh, yes, if you don't do that, you're, it's going to be a whoppy job. <laughs> it's going to look a mess. As, yes. as a matter of fact. Okay, very good. Okay, who is the gift bringer in France? What is he called? Papa Noel. Close. Is anything close to that? Yes, not Papa, but another P with four letters. Pierre. Pierre that's Pierre, right. Yeah, Pierre right. Noel. I had or, to go back to my French classes. Very good. <laughs> or it could be, and most people would not know this, Le Petit Who. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Le, le petit Jesus. Oh. Yep. That That is not in any other, well, um, uh, of what I know, which is little. Um, normally it is uh, some version of St. Nicholas or Pierre Noel, but uh, yes. Um, so le petit Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um uh, what it, what fruit is Saint Nick's nose like? A cherry. It is a cherry. <laughs> That's a to think. Very good. Mm-hmm. I'm indeed impressed. And there was a 1990 movie told of this boy, a boy's experience when two men tried to break into his house oh, yeah. during Christmas. What would that movie be? It's a classic called Home Alone. Home Alone. Exactly. All right. Now, there's a a song. It was a theme song for the 1963 Broadway musical called Here's Love. You may not know the musical, but there is a theme song that is popular even today. Hmm. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, is what you're humming. Oh, thank you for the oh, hint. Really? Oh, well, I had no idea. Yes, you're exactly right. All right. 
Okay. Um, there was an Apollo mission that was that sent a Christmas broadcast message to Earth from the Apollo spaceship in 1968. What Apollo mission, what was the number? I just have to guess because it's the one that a movie, well, one of them that a movie was made. Um, Apollo 13? A little less. Uh, a little or a lot less? <laughs> well, a lot more. <laughs> Nine, yes. eight, seven. At, you, at eight, you got it. I got you it. got it. You got it. Eight. <laughs> Apollo 8. And in Sweden, does the grandmother or the eldest daughter serve breakfast on St. Lucia Day? St. Lucia Day. The eldest daughter. It is the eldest daughter. Was that just a guess? That was a 50-50 shot. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you multiple choice. I like those. Uh, well, I talked about um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Mm -hmm. So in that song, what can mom and dad hardly wait for? Uh, we did this the other day. I think you've, you yeah. re repeated one. But mm -hmm. hardly wait for school to start again. That is it. That is it. I get it. And that doesn't mean that the kids think it is. <laughs> they could hardly wait for school to start again. But some kids do if they're the smart ones. Then in my house, the countdown is on for summer or spring break, uh, maybe. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, makes sense. Um, there's an author who wrote the story A Christmas Memory and he kind of had a lisp. Wow. You just Let's, threw me a curveball with that. I have no idea. Yeah. Mm, Truman Capote. Oh. Now you know Christmas something. Memory, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, who wrote The Fir Tree, F-I-R Tree? Three names. Three words, that is. Uh, and uh, from Norwegian... Hans Christian Andersen. Exactly. There we you go. got it. I am Give so me enough hits, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, well, in, it's not, uh, nothing for Christmas. There's an insect. I will talk about that next time. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about any of the topics here on the program tonight, you can call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. And they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you access the right resources, whatever would help you the most. If there's something you're struggling with or just have questions about some particular topic, we have over 100 Keys for Living that address very uh, particular topics and uh, full treatment on any of those. So you can just talk to our customer support team and they'll point you in the right direction. Their number again, 800 488 uh, H-O-P-E, that's 800-488-4673. Well, to our caller for tonight, and we have a caller in British Columbia listen, who listens to us online. This evening, we welcome Betty. Hello, Betty. Welcome to Hope. Thank you, June. Um, thanks for taking my call this evening. You are so welcome. How can we help you? Well, um my husband and I have this situation with our adult son. Um, there's been some conflict in our relationship with him and his wife. Um, he came to our home a few months ago. That would be August or so. Um, and he made some statements um, where he said, you said such and such, you said this, you said that, and um, there were, it it really, it puzzled us and actually disturbed us because it's not that we don't remember saying them, it's that we we wouldn't have said the things that he said, we said. Mm. And um, we replied to him in a letter and explained our perspective on those statements, um, not lengthy, but just, you know, this is what we recall from that occasion and this event. And and then his latest reply to us, very, very short, was, it seems like uh, we have um, different memories of past events. Mm-hmm. And, and so... We're left wondering, now what? Um, Because we gather that he just wants to leave 
those different memories, is so-called memories, and mm-hmm. ours, uh, the way they are, like not discuss them anymore. That's the impression we got, and that's disturbing for us. So we're wondering, um, what what do we do? Do we just leave it like that, which we're unhappy with, because really. From our perspective, he's fabricated stuff. Like this, we just didn't say those things, and we wouldn't mm. have said the things that he said. Um, but um, so we're wondering: Do we respond to him and say, "Well, actually, we would like to hear more," because he didn't explain any further? Um, so, what do we do? Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's a good question. Um, you said he is your adult son uh, yeah. and his wife both came to your home. And it's like he was confronting some things that he believed that, or from his memory, that you supposedly said, but you know... You said you you wouldn't have even done that. It's not like, well, you could have or, or could not have, but it's it's like this is not something you would e- either of you would do. Is that correct? Yeah. Now, okay. Um, I should clarify uh, when he, in in August he came on his own, but they had come together in the previous month. Ah. But when he came and, and made these statements, he was by himself. Yeah. Okay. But so he came. Yes. Yeah. That's right. You. Yeah. Okay. So um, she wasn't a party to the accusation. Is that correct? She wasn't she there. Wasn't, she wasn't present, but um, we sensed that she probably had a lot of input into what he did say to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, we sense that she has quite a bit of control over over him and what he comes and says to us. His his manner is was really intense um, and, yeah, accusatory. Um, he seemed really kind of hyper-energized, but in a negative way. And at one point, he was quite volatile, in fact. Um, Okay. So there was a lot of emotional energy in what he was saying. And it went, he he bent negative. And uh, so that sounds like it was... It was more accusatory to you. Yeah. Um, I think it would be helpful for me if I could understand what his accusation was. And I understand that this is not your reality at all. But um, what was the what was his content of accusation? Okay. Yeah. 
um, there were there were three that really concerned us. Um, do you want one or two or? I'll take all three. Start start with okay. whichever one you want. What did he begin right. with? Yes, I'll give you the first one that he started with. Um, he said that we had said that we were very unhappy with how much money we had spent on their wedding hmm. and that he was going to right then and there write us a check to cover the amount that we had paid. And he, he said this very forcefully and lots of um, yeah, negative energy. And, you know, and my husband and I were both shocked by his statement, we looked at each other, shook our heads, uh, and he said, we never said anything like that. And mm. he said, nope, you said that, like, in July, when we were here, that's what you said, uh, four weeks earlier. And when we uh-huh. said no, we, we never said anything to that effect. Um, and then he, he had no response. No rebuttal. Um, he was silent, and uh, so where he got that from? To us, it just came out of the blue. Like it made no sense to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, do you think, just out of curiosity, do you think someone else had communicated that to him? Not the two of you, but would somebody else, do you think, have communicated those words to him? Well, I, I don't know, except um, there are, his wife has said things in the past that, that we, we question. Um, mm where she gets things from. Um, yeah, there are things that we, we doubt about some of the things that she has said. So we wonder if they concocted this. Um, when they, I should go, but they've been married three and a half years, and when they were just engaged in starting to plan their wedding, we did say we will help to pay for some of the wedding expenses. Um, my husband said we won't pay for the whole wedding, but we will help to cover some of the cost. Um, but that doesn't match with what he came and said that we said. Um, okay. And okay. at the time, my husband said, to our son, the only thing that concerned us when you were planning the wedding was that um, we would get good value for what we were going to pay for. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which seemed reasonable because yeah. they, our son didn't always show, uh, wasn't always astute with how he spent his money. And so we wanted to make sure that the money we were going to put into the wedding was going to, you know, get good value. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why my husband mentioned that. Okay. 
I, I understand. Okay, uh, the second area that you were, or second wording that you were concerned about was? Yeah. The second one he said was, um, Mom, you said to me that if I would give up um, a relationship with this person A, I'll just say person A, then, then you would talk to uh, person B for me. Um, so um, it was like I was saying, I suppose he said. I supposedly, or supposedly said, if you if you stop this relationship with person A, then I'll I'll go to person B, and and I'll talk to that person for you. I'll help you in that way. And um, now, was this about the wedding? Uh, no, his his wife or no? Okay, it wasn't no. that. It was just a totally separate incident. Totally separate incident, and. This incident would have happened more than 10 years ago. Oh. But the two people that he put in that statement, there's no linkage at all. And this, this statement makes me uh, appear to be uh, manipulative. You know, like, mm. you, if you do this, then I'll do this for you. And I... I just rebel against like people manipulating, and um, and Good. there's no way that I, I we never used manipulation in any way when we were raising him. We mm-hmm. didn't use bribes to make him, you know, act nice or be good. Um, one thing, though, we have noticed is that his wife has tried manipulation with us. Um, mm. And Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that you have noticed his wife could be manipulative or was manipulative, yeah. but that yeah. this is something you don't respect at all, and uh, that's not who you are. That's what I'm hearing. Is that yeah. safe to say? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mhm. That's painful when it's like more like a character issue so it's like he was I'm going to use the term he was attacking your character or making it sound like that that you would be a manipulative person okay you're do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken you want to throw them a lifeline but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org.
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. You're listening to Hope in the Night. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here just because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of our ministry. By the way, we are a crowdfunded mission, and uh, we exist because of financial support of those of you who listen, and uh, your prayers are very much appreciated as well. And if you're considering giving a gift, uh, we ask you to do that in the next uh, days and weeks, especially most of our uh, giving comes in the final weeks of the year, and that's what fuels our next year to keep doing what we do here. So much of what we do is giving content away, whether it's through the website, through resources we send to each night's Hope in the Night caller, uh, podcasts, conferences, so many resources, and it's uh, really all about us wanting to reach as many people as possible with biblical hope and practical help. And your gift helps us do that. You can do that in a couple of ways at the website, hopefortheheart.org slash donate, or call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673 and ask how you can support the ministry of Hope for the Heart and Hope in the Night. We thank you for that. Let's return to our conversation now with Betty. Well, my friend, I know this is disconcerting. Um, This is um, painful to you, and uh, certainly would be uh, a concern to your husband uh, that first you, these were the statements that your son made that you were unhappy with the money that you and your husband had spent on the wedding. And when you said, we never said anything like that, he had no response. Um, And then the second was that if, if, 10 years ago, he said, in essence, if you would stop being with this person, I'll help you with that person. And it made it sound like you were being manipulative. And plus, you were indicating that this is not any part of your recollection. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. And the third, you said there were three statements that were concerning to you and your husband. Yes. So the last one... Uh, he said that we had
had agreed to set aside our differences with with him and his wife and focus on what we have in common. And he said we had agreed to do that around the time that they were married, which would be three and a half years ago. And we remember the occasion when he came to our home by himself. And once again, he was very intense and um, kind of uh, agitated. And, and he did say to us, he told us some things that were out of bounds for conversation, like there were some troubling things that he was involved in at um, college that was mm-hmm. prior to yeah some a few years earlier, and he said we were we the conversation about his college days was now out of bounds. We couldn't question him or inquire or probe or anything, so all right, and we tried to abide by that. I think we have. And he also indicated at that time that we couldn't question him about his faith, um, that that also was out of bounds, and and ask him about his church and, and such. And we have, I think, tried to uh, respect that as well. Um, we, ha- we haven't been, you know, really happy about not being able to discuss his faith or lack thereof. Um, so, but this broader statement that we agreed to set aside our differences, focus on what we have in common, both my husband and I do not recall that we agreed to something so broad. Um, so, uh, and we wrote that to him in, in our letter And then, of course, his reply was, well, it seems that we have different memories. Um, and what this, what it bothers us here about this last one is it makes it sound like we are untrustworthy, that we haven't kept that agreement. And maybe I could explain, um, because I mentioned that both he and his wife had come in July, and... Uh, at that time, his wife said something about being born again, and she had never used that kind of language before. Mm-hmm. At this point, we, we've never heard her really talk much about spiritual things, and so I asked her, what do you mean, born again? Just, I was inquisitive, right? And mm-hmm. She, she just blurted like Nicodemus, and, and then she paused, and then she said something about that Jesus and Nicodemus, and, and um, I said, so who is Jesus to you? And then she, what shall I say, um, she just got all agitated and um, angry, and she accused me of um, not being curious, but just asking probing questions. And I thought I asked them in quite a respectful, even gentle way, but she took it otherwise. And, yeah, she was just very um, 
well, yeah, angry um, and, and accusing me. So that's, I think, maybe where his third accusation came out of because he's saying, oh, no, you see, you agreed not to, um, not to focus on our, our differences and just to focus on what we have in common and, and see you, you, didn't, you didn't follow through there. You were, you were asking those probing questions, and it really upset her. And, um, but we didn't, to our knowledge, my husband and I, we didn't agree to anything so broad where we can't even ask, well, what do you mean by that, that word? Um, And so the things that he was saying that were out of bounds were his college days. And in other words, for you not to ask about, not to inquire, probe uh, about his college days. And um, then the, shall we say, did you say spiritual things or what, what, what was your wording on that? About his faith. Faith, yeah. okay. His faith and his beliefs, maybe his beliefs. Because we, we do have different beliefs, and that is of concern to us because they, they don't see the Bible as God's final authority. For them, it's more about subjective truth, like how you feel about things that mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so they have different views on on sexuality, and um, then we believe the Bible teaches, and that has been a an area of conflict. I see. Yes, um, it it's more subjective to them yes. as opposed to objective. In other words. The Bible says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God shall stand forever. The priority being, the Bible is the word of God. And you acknowledge that. So, do you believe his views have changed um, since his relationship developed with his his wife or do you believe that he has somewhat been this way all along yeah we his faith shifted um, before he met her um, okay So she basically uh, was not the cause of the change. There had been changes that had been occurring. So um, I'm, I'm going to mention something that is, uh, we have something called counseling keys or keys for living. And there's something that I 
put into, and, and these are, are biblical. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning this is the one on confrontation, the subtitle is Challenging Others to Change. To ultimately be what God wants us to be, um, there are times that confrontation can be effective, but there's not just one way of confronting. Uh, and I remember when I did this, uh, the, the writing on this, and it's got scripture all the way through, just for you to know. Um, I, 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 I first dealt with what in the Bible, what were the methods, what are the five methods used of, of, of confronting in the Bible, and literally, it's just to show the different ways uh, that were very um, prominent and effective, and then there are certain styles that, that, that people have, and, you know, we have God's heart, what is God's heart on confrontation. By the way, I was terrible at confronting for years. Uh, part of it is because there was no confrontation that was uh, modeled for me in our family. It was just one dictatorship and it was just whatever dad, my dad said. And that there was, uh, he was not a believer and it was a painful upbringing. But so, so for the longest time, I did not have any input in this way, meaning I didn't, we didn't have keys on this topic until much later. And I'm, I'm just telling you, just honestly, because a lot of people are very, um, are very capable of confronting, and other people are not. And so, I had to learn to confront. It was not easy. Uh, for me because um, I, I just did not see healthy confrontation and so um, one of the things that I want to mention is um, something that we'll do when we're coming back from the break but uh, there are different approaches and I'll be very candid the written um, approach is maybe one of the least favored ones. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org ccl. 
As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. We do have Keys for Living called Confrontation, Challenging Others to Change, and that is available by calling customer support. Just talk to them about that or any other resource you might find helpful, and uh, that's uh, at 800 488 Hope, 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, give us a call at 800-917. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-17. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll uh, get back to you and talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. Again, that's 800-917-800-644-4817. If you have a question for us, but uh, you are not ready to be on a live radio program, that's all right, too. We could uh, take your question by email. That's at askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Just ask your question that way, and we'll cover it on an upcoming Hope in the Night. If we choose your question, we will uh, send you some resources as gifts from our ministry that will help you out. So, again, that's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Now back to our conversation with Betty. Betty, I just want to say that I am so sorry and and feel, feel your hurt. Um. One of the things that's so imperative is uh, the need to be understood. It, it's a wonderful thing when we know we're understood. Well, I hear that um, you are not feeling understood. Um, and with the change of... It, it, anytime someone is more accusatory... Um, it's painful because there are different ways to communicate, and I'm afraid that this is not your son's giftedness at this point. Is that safe to say? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I just want to mention this, and we won't spend a lot of time on this, but you know, when we think of three approaches for confrontation, uh, the first would be, face-to-face, which actually your son did do. Um, And there are a number of advantages 
of that unless it could be uh, risking danger or or certain other issues. And we have the advantages and the disadvantages. I'm going to send it to you just in case it could be helpful to you. It is the most personal form of communication, and it allows you to express your concern in person to see and see the immediate reaction. In other words, you could read the body language. It allows you to uh, hear the tone of voice. Tone of voice can be incredibly helpful. And, and then you could get immediate and get get and you know give and get uh, immediate feedback and clarify misunderstandings um, and then you determine if there is uh, acceptance or rejection of the initial confrontation um, the second is telephone it's less formal than a face-to-face it's easier usually to set up, uh, but it allows you direct confrontation with less intensity, perhaps, um, and you are able to hear immediate reaction. You listen, you can hear the tone of voice, because that is a huge um, issue. Um, the tone of voice, you can say things at times uh, that are, hard for somebody to hear, but the tone of voice can overcome uh, a, a severity or uh, uh, it, it can soften in, in the right way if it's needed. And of course, then you're able to get immediate feedback and clarify, again, misunderstandings. Um, I, will, I will say that the now, those are advantages. Um, the The reason I said the third choice is generally the, the 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 written approach is generally the third choice, um, and it is it does offer more uh, objective uh, writing a, a scenario. It's not done in haste. It's not impulsive. Um, it provides control, uh, wording, timing, etc. Um, there's a healthy distance, but uh, I'll just say that, and, and then to read the letter again for, and 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 it gives the other person the opportunity to read it, uh, and sometimes that's helpful, but. Um, the disadvantage is it, it's like an established permanent record that can't be rescinded. Um, there are certain negative behaviors that actually require more personal confrontation in order to address, in order to address the need for change. And the offender can choose to not respond. That's a, that's a disadvantage or, or could misinterpret the intent behind your words, the written words. And the follow-up conversation may be necessary to resolve a conflict and to pursue, if need, you know, in needful uh, mutual forgiveness. Um, a disadvantage could be that there are copies that could be made to send to others who aren't even involved and 
those are those are just some issues. Um, I don't know if that's helpful, uh, but just for evaluation for going further, um, is there a person that he respects who knows you both who potentially could be a mediator? Because the Bible is clear that at times, just as Jesus is called a mediator, um, there there are times where if there is respect, it's not it's not just somebody who could be could be involved, but again, someone that he would listen to, who could uh, help to give truly uh, wise counsel and perspective that he could appreciate. Does any, whether it's a family member or a family friend, someone whom you consider wise? Yeah, a godly person. Again. Yes, ex- exactly. That you would trust. That—that yeah. uh, that is a a potential because I can remember being pulled into something between where my sister was very angry about something, and I thought, "Oh, mother, my mom wouldn't even think that that would be." And I remember I had my sister and my mom. My mother, my sister lived out of town in New York, and uh, she said she was never going to come back home again. And uh, mother would have no idea that something that she had said uh, and was acting on, you know. So it took, but I told mother ahead of time. I said, "Mother, this is a huge issue." Now. I think your response should be X, and it, it was just perfect what she did. But um, you know, for my my sister to say that she and therefore t- the children, you know, would never come back again. Well, and and so I I just know at times I've been called upon to be a mediator in certain situations, and it's it's to to it kind of diffuses the upsetness um, because you know my, my objective would be harmony if at all possible so pray about that and see if someone comes to mind even from a long time ago that but that that you would trust and who could be objective and and helpful so you and your husband certainly would want to talk about that. Um, one thing I have found is if there is anything that has been uh, that you had not realized or in any thought of, I wish I had done this differently, 
or then the most helpful thing you can do is say, you know, I've really thought about what you said and I see, I'm hearing what you're saying, repeat back the words that were said and and say, it, this is if you think you were in error or you wish you had done something a different way, then then to say, I've, I've thought about what you said and I want to ask, would you be willing to forgive me? And you ask forgiveness for what is genuine. Um, you don't do this just to... Some people will ask forgiveness just to get past an impasse. But in this case, if there is something that where sometimes that earns you the right to be able to uh, then come back and and state see i'm I'm clearly hearing that you are not you you don't agree that you said that as you said we never said anything like that that you were unhappy with the the money that was spent on the wedding now it, it you know you you could say say neither of us feel that um if there is something that someone has said, um, I would, I would wish you would instead just take us at our word that we we have not even we don't even uh, wish that it, it's not even like we didn't say it, but but we definitely were not we 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 wanted to do what was best in regard to the wedding and so you you could state that and you could say if someone else misinterpreted there's some things like that that um, I think it's imperative that you plant a seed of doubt in him as to the truthfulness without attacking but you know somebody could have thought that and said that to him and then to him or her but um, these are some points that I'm bringing up if you would like for us to talk more I, I get what you are saying and I think it's right for you to respond as opposed to be silent so if you want us to talk again it would be my pleasure. Meanwhile, please hang on to hope. We will send the keys for living called Confrontation, Challenging Others to Change. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge, by the way. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.